Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You're listening to the Wijha Initiative podcast. These podcast episodes are recordings of our past events that we hold in person on a weekly basis. We hope that by listening to the podcast, you'll be inspired to join us at an event. To keep up with our work, please follow us on Instagram. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما وعملا يا رب العالمين أما بعد Good evening and uh, welcome to everybody. MashaAllah, we got people from everywhere. Uh, Ajax? Or is it Scarborough? Toronto. Toronto. Okay. Alright, MashaAllah. And then we got... Brampton, and a few people, Mississauga, mashallah. We got people from Windsor here too, it's pretty, mashallah. So alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. You guys are special people, so people come out to see you. Alhamdulillah. Um, welcome to you all, and uh, we hope that we'll see you uh, as often as possible, and as often as the tickets permit. Um, I apologize, guys. If we could abolish that system and just kind of... Let everybody come, it'd be nice, but it is what it is. The topic for today, the topic for today is uh, sincerity, intention, and truthfulness, inshallah. So, I just want to begin with a, a, a statement of one of my teachers, and he used to say this a lot. And I think it's a really uh, powerful statement, because like when I, when I thought about it, I was like, man, that is exactly what we... That perfectly describes our situation. He said, he said, today we don't really suffer so much from evil intentions as much as we suffer from just a lack of intention. Definitely there are people who have bad intentions, who intend things that are not ideal. But he said, more common than that is that we just don't have intentions. We live life on cruise control. It's like autopilot. We just kind of go through the motions. And think about from the moment you wake up till now, or till you go to sleep, how many things we do on cruise control. And a lot of that's psychologically understandable, right? Those of you who've studied the psychology behind like memory and working memory, and, and how we, we automate as much as we can. That's why a lot of people, when they get comfortable driving, they don't remember the drive. Do you remember your drive to here? Probably not. Right? You just kind of cruise control, like not even like car, like it's mental cruise control, and you're just going through, you're turning, and you only wake up when somebody cuts you off or does something a bit out of the norm. We do that so that we can retain and, and, and preserve mental resources. That's natural. But what we're talking about here is a lack of intention behind what we do. So why did you come here? You can start off with that. Why are you here? And some of us might say, well, I'm just here because this is what I do every week. I show up on Friday nights. This is what I do. Someone might say, I show up to volunteer. But you could dig deeper and say, well, why do you volunteer? You understand? Like, you just can't stop there. Why do you volunteer? And, and you start digging to, the, to, to the, what's called the niyyah in Arabic. Niyyah meaning it, your intention. The Arabic word niyyah, if you look at the root letters, nun wawiyah, nawayanwi, niyyah. You get another word called nawatun. Nawatun, which means, with the round ta, which means a seed. 
Another word that means seed. Because the niyyah is the seed from which things grow. When you form a niyyah, that's when there's hope that you can do something. Because if you don't intend something, it's probably, you're not, probably not going to do it. If you don't even intend to do it. Like, that's the first step. And, and corrupt crops can grow from a, ni- from a seed. Or healthy and beneficial crops can grow. That's the thing. What is the niyyah? The niyyah could be a good niyyah or a bad niyyah. So we need intentionality in our lives. And we could take that from the micro to the macro. So you could take your life and take every action and say, why do I do this? And I'm not talking about just religious things, eh? It's like, why do I wear the clothes that I wear? Why? Why do I get the haircut that I get? Every day we make decisions. And we don't do it arbitrarily. As much as, I just like it. But why do you like it? No, I'm serious. Why do you like it? And you might say, well, I don't know, I just like it. What influenced you to like it? Because you don't like the same things that people in South Asia like. That goes to show that it's not just merely preference that you just decide. There's like a social conditioning to it. Now the question should become for you then, and for me, do I really want to follow that social conditioning? How do you snap out of social conditioning? Where you ask that question, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why do I choose to do what I do? Why do I choose to... Any little thing we do, you could ask, why do I do that? What is the reason? And that's the micro. Ultimately, if you take all the little actions in your life and add them all up, that's going to define your life. What is the intention behind your life? Now we talk about intention of actions. What's the intention of your life as a whole? Like, what are you living for? It's a question. What's it for? All of this. What is this all about? Alright? It's like, I don't know if it's all worth it, the way life as a whole, with all of its difficulties. So, um, the intention is really critical in anything and everything that we do. Because the intention determines the value of what we do. And this is key as well. Let's let's understand this. Um, If somebody's standing right here, they're standing up. Is that a good deed? Yes or no? They're standing. Good deed or not? Yes? No? Maybe so? No, like what do y'all think? Huh? Ah, that's the right answer. That's always the right answer, right? Well, it depends. Right? Depends on what? Why you getting Right. Okay, so... What type of standing could make it a good deed? The standing is the same. You're standing on two feet, two legs. But suddenly someone's intention is what? That I'm standing in prayer. I'm praying two rak'ahs. Suddenly that act of standing, which is a, it's a mundane act. It's just things we all do from time to time. It's like what the guys do all the time, Right? You know, like at the events, they're all just like standing in the corner. I'm not trying to pick on you guys, but it's like, yo, sit down, you know? Like, we got chairs for you for a reason. I don't know why guys do that. Like, they're all just in the corner there, right? And they're all standing, and it's like, man, it's too macho to sit down. I'm like, yo, come on, sit down, you know? Um, not trying to pick on you, but like, we got space, man. Like, have a seat. Um, so it's like, what, what separates someone just standing and someone who's praying and they're standing in prayer? What's the differentiating factor? Someone might say, well, tying the hands. Well, there's a madhab that doesn't even tie the hands. They just stand like this. 
And I think if you've ever seen people like that, the first time you might start talking to them thinking they're not praying. Like, yo, is, is everything okay? And he's like, right? Because we don't know. We don't know why people do that. It's, it's a madhab. People do that. So what separates that person from another person who's just standing waiting for tea? It's niyyah. Really. And that's why everyone comes to the masjid for the same prayer, but they all leave with different rewards. They all leave with different things being written down. Outwardly, we're like, yo, there was 20 people in Maghrib. But when you look at the book of deeds, there's not necessarily 20 people in Maghrib. There's 15 people in Maghrib and there's 5 people who came because they said they're going to meet somebody. Now, Pia happens, right? I'm just saying, like, that, some of the ulama say, that's what differentiates between just a, a, a trivial mundane act and worship. Is worship, uh, an act becomes worship when it, is, when it has an intention for God before it, for Allah Ta'ala. And you could take that for acts that we know to be worship, like prayer, or you could take that for things like eating food. Right? We could apply that to everything. What is the intention? And... Uh, the intention gives value. The great Ibn Ata'illah rahimahullah, he says, Al-A'malu suwarun qa'ima. He says, actions, they're like lifeless forms. So it's like, just imagine, it's like a lifeless form. It's just a, you know, like a, like a chocolate bunny, right? You got nothing inside, it's just a form. The value of it is what you infuse it with in terms of intention. Wa'arwahuha wujudu sirril ikhlasi fiha. The spirit and the life of these actions that we do, it's the it's sincerity that we infuse those actions with. And that's what Allah Ta'ala looks at. Right? The hadith, the Prophet ﷺ told us, this is a famous hadith, Actions are based on intentions. A lot of us understand this hadith as what? There's so many ways to understand this hadith. The common understanding is, your action is based on your intention. Good intention, it becomes a good action. Bad intention becomes bad action. The scholars take this hadith in very interesting ways that I think are really relevant. And I'll just mention one. One, and, and our teacher mentioned this one, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَّاتِ If you take بَا سَبَبِيَّةِ The بَا of سَبَب Where are the Arabic students? The بَا of سَبَب The بَا of the means Which is, it comes before a thing that you use as a means. It's that A'mal come into existence by means of intentions. You didn't show up here without an intention. And if you did, you're probably sleepwalking. Right? That's when people do things where they don't intend. You just, you know what I mean? But if you're here today, it's because you at some point intended it. Actions, so we, we want to accomplish certain things in life. What's holding us back? For me, one of the greatest realizations personally in many different aspects of my life, was for me to realize that the greatest obstacle was me. I just wasn't intending it. You know what I mean? Like some of you know, I was talking to you guys on Zoom in the thousands and hundreds of thousands of Zoom calls we did over the past year and a half. I'm tired of those ones, right? Um, remember, I, I don't know, some of you guys remember when I talked about running and like running 5Ks and 10Ks and stuff? Some of you remember? And I always wanted to do that. And I just said, I can't do it. You know, well, I was like, I can't do it. And then I thought, why can't I do it? And then I saw certain people running. I'm like, yo, if they can do it, why can't I do it? You know, and that, that's why, like, mashallah, you know. One of my students, they just posted their running, the app stats. And I was like, what? You did that? And I can't do it? No. 
you know, like the Pratan kicked in, like, how can it be? I'm like, no, you know, I'm going to do this. And then I got up and I did it. Right? That's, but it's like, the action will not come into being if you don't intend it. And by intent, I don't mean like, oh, inshallah, one day. It's like, no, I can do this. And I will do this. And I'll put my mind to it. And I intend it. Bin niyat. That's the question. What's holding us back from so many a'mal in our lives? Is we haven't really committed to the niyyah. I'm going to do this. That's one translation of that hadith. In the wujud al-a'mali bin niyat. Right? Um, and so, the, the intention really is at the core of it all. Um, now, I want to talk about one point here. And I think this is a very... It's a very relevant point to us at a time where we are inundated with sensory information. Al-Imam Al-Ghazali, rahimahullah ta'ala, he says, he says, that the root of intention, like when do you intend things? When you know of them. Knowledge. And, and by this, don't think of knowledge meaning like I have knowledge of prayer and knowledge, that's included as well. But you could apply it to like, let's say you come home and you're hungry. You just go upstairs and you're tired, you lie down on bed, you're so hungry. And you don't do anything about it. Until someone walks in the room and says, yo, there's pizza in the fridge. Now what happens? You're tired, you were tired before too, but you were not about to get up for nothing, why? What did you lack? Knowledge of the pizza downstairs. And then when that person walked in and told you there's pizza, you're, you suddenly had this like energy to get up like a zombie and go down and find that pizza. Right? No, I'm serious. Understand this. How many times you didn't know of a certain pr- product, like a dress, right? Or some shoes. You never heard of them. And then you, that's what ads are all about. Exposure. Oh, these shoes exist. Oh, this dress exists. Now that you know that it exists, you have the knowledge, a desire is created. And that's where the intention comes from. Right? Based on knowledge. Because if you don't know about that, are you going to intend to buy it? Yeah, I'm going to buy that thing. What thing? Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to buy it. Like, you know how like, foolish you sound when you say that? We say that because we know of something's existence. Here's the question. What are we ex- exposing ourselves to? Because when you expose yourself to something, and I'm not just talking about like haram, like haram, obviously. Because why, people say, why am I sinning? I can't help but sin. It's like, hold up. Before you can sin, you have to intend the sin. Before you intend the sin, you must know of the sin. Or there must be a trigger, some type of info you receive which triggers that desire toward the sin. What was that? Maybe you weren't muting enough accounts on Instagram. Yeah. Oh man, for the Muslim bro, y'all need to be muting like right, left, and center on Instagram. I'm serious. If you're a believer, you care about your eyesight, Instagram, like half of it, you got to be muting these like, not interested, not interested, not interested. Because man, the stuff that pops up, you're like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no. And then we wonder why sins happen. Yeah, people are like, Shaykh, sins, man. It's like, yeah, well, there are going to be sins. You're going to do actions which are sinful when you intend to do them. And you intend to do them when there's a desire created from knowledge of that sin. But it's not just sins. We could talk about buying stuff. How many of us, that's what we do, man. Allah forgive us. We'll rant about the capitalists, but then we got like an Amazon wish list. Right? Is the hypocrisy. We got our own big long list here. 
How come? We expose ourselves to products. You walk through stores. Some people go just, just to look around. And they think it's harmless, right? I'm just going to look around. I'm not going to buy anything. You ever... How many? Come on now. Hands up. I'm not going to buy anything. Leave your wallet at home then or something. But no, we take our wallet too, like just in case. I'm not going to buy anything. And then what happens? Or the classic. The classic. I'm just going to go into the grocery store to get two things. And you come out with... $150 worth. No, why? This is not a secret, guys. Marketers understand this. That your actions will come when you intend them. And that you will intend them when you see them. They pay money for eye-level shelves. Companies pay money to be able to have their product, which is the same as the one on the bottom shelf, at eye level. This is not by accident. If you study marketing, you're aware of this. Right? Because they understand, humans first need to know of something, exposure, and then you will intend for it, and then you'll do it. And there's a deep question we all have to ask. How, much, how many of the actions in our lives, we almost, we almost, I don't want to say we don't have a choice, we do have a choice at the end of the day, but we kind of put ourselves in that position where we end up doing what we don't want to do. How many of you have found a diet easier when you just don't have junk food at home? No, why is that? Why is that? Or, or if you just don't walk in the kitchen as much. Through the pandemic, wasn't that like the greatest difficulty we all face? It's like, stay away from the kitchen, you know? Like, gotta put a lock on the fridge. Right? I don't know if you're like me. When I walk in the house, first thing, we open the fridge. No, and I don't even know why. And it's not only me. Like, my siblings do it too, so I'm not, you know, it's, it's, it's in the jeans or something. No, I'm just kidding. But like, you walk in, you know, and... and the likely, and I thought about that, I was like, the likelihood of me now about to eat something, because I don't know what's in the fridge. Once I open, I'm like, oh, and now what? Now you're like, okay, right? And you try to justify it to yourself. How many of y'all do that too? Well, you see, I'm actually going to work out tonight, or I'm not going to play basketball and, and hurt my ankle, but yeah, I'm going to do that, so let me just eat right now. Why don't we do it? But we would not do it if we didn't even know it existed. This is really important, guys. What do you and I expose ourselves to? And as a result, it just, it's almost like a slippery slope. We end up doing things we don't want to do. And someone said, I just want to stop the action. It's, you can't just stop the action. right? You have to get to the source of what triggered it. The knowledge of that thing. This is really key. Because if you want to change a lot of what we do, we have to think very hard about what we're exposing ourselves to. And we can talk about this in terms of the friends you're around. Right? How many times you get bad ideas because of the people around you? Yo, let's do this. And you're like, you didn't even think about it. And they said, let's do it. You're like, okay. I never thought about that. But hey, since you mentioned it, let's do it. Exposure leads to a desire and intention. And that leads to the action. <clears throat> Imam Ghazali says, what knowledge are you learning? But now we can apply that to good. Let's talk about good. So, how many sunnahs do we miss out in our lives? Because we just don't even know their sunnah. We just don't even know their sunnah. It's like, how can you do a good deed that you don't even know exists? Right? Some people say, why do I need, to, why do I need knowledge for? Like, I know the basics, right? I know how to pray. I'm... It's because you're missing on so much because you just never even knew it existed. And you could, be, you could be doing it anyways. Like, I've actually had lessons where I explained something and someone came to me and said, Sheikh, I've been doing that my whole life. I don't know it's a good deed. I never knew it's sunnah. 
And I'm like, yeah, you missed out, buddy. Because all along, if you were intending like a good deed, Allah would write that good deed for you. You didn't have to change anything. That's the interesting thing that a lot of us are aware of. In our lives, to, you know, to suddenly do more good deeds, you don't have to like sleep less and all that kind of stuff. Well, some of us need to sleep less. Right? I actually had someone tell me, I said, he wanted to meet me. He's like, yo, uh, so when can we meet? I said, in the afternoon. Wallah, he goes to me. So when's the afternoon for you? I was like, has the afternoon become subjective too now? Like, yo, what is going on? But I know the dude, so I was like, okay, I know how his afternoon can be an afternoon. Right? But that's what he asked me. Like, what's your afternoon? I was like, okay. Interesting. But, um, yeah. This is important. That if we want to do more good deeds, we don't have to necessarily spend more time. A lot of what we're already doing to intend good by it. A lot of what we're already doing in our lives. Like how we put our shoes on, how we enter the masjid, how we enter at home, how we speak to people. We want to be polite anyways. But it is the sunnah that you make people happy. That you put a smile on people's faces. إِدْخَالُ السُرُورِ عَلَى قَلْبِ مُسْلِمِ Right? To, to make a person's heart happy. These are good deeds, if you intend it to be so. You almost help this dude at the gym. If you help somebody at the gym, yeah, okay, you can do it for his health, no doubt. But you could do it as a good deed. It's like, let me help this brother out. Let me help her out, right? It's a good deed. You're going to do it anyways. Why not intend the reward? Like some of the scholars have written, لا عمل إلا بالنية. Ibn Nujain, That there is no good deed except with an intention. Because Allah looks at your intention. And if the intention is not there, then the action is just lifeless. So what, you don't get anything from it. Because it was just, you weren't thinking about Allah in it. This also ties back to being present in the moment. That's what a lot of us struggle with too, by the way. Right? Isn't it? We're, we're just not like present enough to pause and realize, okay, well, what am I doing right now that I could be intending a good deed through, right? We just kind of go through motions. And I believe that the only solution to that really, I mean, you could, all these other techniques, we got to slow our lives down. It is not a compliment that you fill your day with 45 things. It feels good They tell people, yo, I'm so busy. That's, this isn't interesting. Let's be honest. Let's have a moment of truth and, and, and honesty here. Right? How many of us, we hate when we're so busy, but we like the sound of telling people, yeah, I'm so busy nowadays. I wish I could meet you, but I'm so busy. Tell the truth. Okay, fine. <laughs> it is what it is, right? It's in your heart. You know what I'm saying, right? May Allah forgive us. Being, we are not human doings. We are human beings. We are people whose states define us. You don't always have to be running and trying to do things like at all moments. Otherwise, I'm not being productive, you know? Yeah, that's like, how was your weekend? It wasn't productive enough. What does that even mean? That you didn't do enough things or... Your state was not refreshed. You didn't get a, a moment to actually do what needed to be done. You get what I mean? May Allah, like, I really hope that we don't fall into that rat race and that mentality. Because uh, it's very harmful, man. And it's hard, I know, I understand that it's hard. Because you can get to a point where you feel like, if I'm not doing something, I must be waiting, wasting time. That one y'all would admit, come on now. There you go. Let me get some honesty here. Right? That's harmful. To me, that's almost like a sign of addiction. That you can't even just rest. If you can't rest, 
how will you ever be present? Because your mind is all already in the next act, the next thing to do, isn't it? So you're sitting here right now, and what are you thinking? Well, we're going to eat after this. <laughs> right? Isn't it? I know the guys who come from far, like, yo, bubble tea. Right? Um, yeah. No, yo, we're going to have the bubble tea one week, eh? Oh, did I just... Oh, the tickets. Oh, the tickets. I forgot. My bad. Um, yeah. I, I was not supposed to say that. But I forgot about that. So the point being that we need to slow our lives down so we can be present and make intentions for what we do. Because it's not about how much you do. It's not about how much you do. Allah does not need like a thousand things from you. It's like, if you have one good deed, that's sincere, that Allah loves, you're good. Inshallah, in the future we'll talk about like showing off, and the problems of showing off, and how we can fight that. But that's like the negative aspect of it. Right now we want to talk about being sincere. So I want to kind of turn a bit towards now developing sincerity. Like, how do we actually do this? The scholars outline the reasons why we're not sincere. Um... Usually, we're not sincere in what we do. We don't do it only for Allah. We do it often for other people. It's mainly people, isn't it? One of, one of my teachers used to say, and this is like a brilliant example, right? Only jokes he used to give this example. Oh, it's a beautiful example. He would say, you know what sincerity is? He said, sincerity... You're smiling. You know what jokes he... Sincerity, he said, sincerity is... He said, you know, like there's a shepherd and he's got all these sheep and he's kind of pushing them along, right, through the fields. This is him and his sheep and he's just chilling. And then it becomes Salat time and he stands up to pray. He says, does the shepherd try to impress the sheep? Like, yo, let me show these sheep how pious I am. Does he do that? No, he doesn't do that, right? He just stands up to pray. He doesn't be like, yo, they're going to be like, bah, bah, about me. <laughs> he, just, he just prays, Right? Because he recognizes, what, what can these sheep do anything for you? Can, can they like big you up? Promote you online? They're sheep. Any, any noise they make is meaningless, right? He said, well that's the reality when it comes to us and human beings. He said, when you stand up for prayer and you're surrounded by people, they're all sheep. They can't do anything for you. If they call you pious, it doesn't make you pious. You are what you are. We want the praise of people, not realizing that the praise of people does nothing for us. Right? I, many of you have heard me say this. A brick is a brick, even if you call it gold a thousand times. A brick remains a brick, even if you call it gold a thousand times. People can call me and you whatever they want, and as many times as they want. It doesn't change who we are. So why do we pursue people's praise? Or why do we flee from people's blame? That's another thing. What if I, if I do this good deed, people are going to talk smack about me. They're going to speak about me. They're going to say things. That's also a lack of sincerity. Oh, this is interesting, right? We often think of like sincerity meaning I do good and I, I want people to talk about me. or I'm, I'm, And that, that's a problem, right? So sincerity is I don't want people. I don't care about people. It also comes to when people are going to speak ill of me. So what do I do? I'm not going to do it. Well, I'm not going to do that because people are going to make fun of me. They're going to say that about me. Oh, look at this person. They think they're religious now. And if we leave that act, we have taken into consideration what people say over what Allah wants. 
That's another lack of sincerity. The idea is that when they speak ill of us, that they harm us. And psychologically, I understand that that's possible. But in reality of like who you actually are. And that's why it's important that we be in touch with who we actually are. The biggest fool is the one who can fool themselves. And human beings can do that. Like we can convince ourselves that we are who we're not. Which is a scary notion. Right? Um, so, that's the first thing. Is to recognize that people can do us no good. And really can't do us any harm. When it comes to who we actually are. And therefore, to constantly live our lives based on people. It's, it's, a, it's not even our life. And this is where now you can start talking about like authenticity. Which is a very modern value. To be authentic. Where I want to be me. This is the interesting thing, right? And, and let me just quickly say this before I move on. Um, how many of us would like to call ourselves like we follow the trends? No, no. Like how many would say that? No. Sheikh, me? No, no, no. Oh, there are people who do that. But me? No, I don't follow the trends. I'm a, I'm a trailblazer, man. I roll my own, my own path. Right? Let's be honest, man. That's not what we do. Every one of us. That's not what we do. And that's the interesting thing is we're convinced that we're unique and we, we make unique. I don't follow nobody. I've got my own style. Yeah, yeah, you do. Which looks like everybody else, but yeah, it's your style. Yeah, no. Somehow we've, we've been convinced by these brands, somehow, that we are unique in what we do, even though we all buy the same shoes. And we all buy the same jackets. Isn't it? I find it very fascinating how they've convinced us that we're still authentic to who I am and what I want to do, but I'm going to do what everybody else is doing. Right? And a lot of times we won't do something because we don't want to stand out. Well, I don't want to look funny. I don't want to be different. Okay, what happened to all the authenticity of being you and what happened to all that? How many of us, and let's be honest, I don't have to answer this question because I've given up on y'all. I'm not asking you to put your hands up now. But tell me, how many times you go to buy something and do you just simply think, do I like it? Or do you think, and, and you have to be honest with yourself, I'm, I don't care, because I think I know the answer. You know what I mean? I haven't split open your heart, but yo, I, I got x-ray vision. Um, <laughs> you, besides just thinking about, do I like this? Because you're buying it, and you're going to wear it, but you're not thinking about only, do I like it? You're also thinking about, what are my friends going to say? Let's be honest. But you're authentic, right? And you're unique and you do it. You do you. Please. Now I hate to say it like that. I'm not trying to put nobody down. But it's crazy how we've been... We're convinced, isn't it? That like we do what we want to do. Somehow we actually convince ourselves that. And we've been convinced by these brands and, and the culture around us. Meanwhile, we're just trying to fit it. We're just trying to fit it. It's very fascinating to me to see this. Right? Um... So, one of the things I want to mention here, in terms of how we can actually develop sincerity, is to learn about deeds that we can do, in which we can then be sincere. Like, learn about opportunities to earn good deeds, because there's so many that we're missing out on. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the winter's coming now. Shoveling the snow is a good deed. No, I'm serious. If you intend it, it's a good deed. It's a good workout. I know it seems like makes no sense, like what, is the, what are you accomplishing by this, right? It can be a good deed, it's a good workout, you should stretch before doing it, right? <laughs> Y'all are younger, so you can get away with it, but 
Yeah. Um, you get my point here? Like, learn about good deeds here. Yeah. For example, I had a classmate, and like, this is what he would do. You know, you have, like, people look for opportunities. This is what he would do, and I mentioned this, because this, this brother, Mufti Umar Wali, this is what he would do. You know, like, let's say Starburst. You know, you buy Starburst, a pack of Starburst, and there's like 10 little Starbursts in there. He would always go to the vending machine, and he would always buy, like, a packet kind of food, which had like 10 pieces. And I'm like, bro, why don't you buy, like, chocolate? Or something like nice. Why always buy these like ten piece things? Like you're trying to get like more. That's not more. It's the same amount. And he's like, no, because I can walk around and give one to people, one one to three people. And he was very loved by like everybody. He's the one guy like probably everybody loved. No one ever. I don't know anybody who had beef with this guy. The one guy like who nobody had beef with, because he was just such a nice guy. To walk. And I watched him. I was like, man. He like I go to the vending machine all the time. I'm just thinking about me. You know what I mean? And he's going there thinking about, well, I'm going to have one, but let me buy nine extra so I can get good deeds by giving them to other people and making them happy. Like, you're going to buy the food anyways. Right? Do you know what I mean? Um, these little things that we just, I don't know. Like, and that's what, it's beautiful being around good people is you learn from their good deeds. I had another friend, this is what he used to do. Every time at iftar time, this is what he would do. He would take a date, and he'd say, let's trade. Now, the muftis can tell us if this works, but this is what he would do. He'd be like, okay, let's trade. And he would give me his date, and he's like, give me your date. And he's like, I just fed a fasting Muslim. <laughs> That's what he would do. Because he was about to eat it, right? So it's kind of his. If you want to call it ibaha or tamlik, whatever, but it was kind of going to be his. He was about to eat it. But he's like, let me give it to you, and you give it to me, I just fasted. I fed a fasting Muslim, they broke a fast on my food, alhamdulillah, and I broke my own fast. I don't know if he's... I'm just saying the thought process, right? Like the lo looking for good deeds, opportunities, and sometimes even creating the opportunities, right? Like it's a good deed or is it he's just hustling, I don't know. But it, it's a good intention, that was my point, right? So we, we look for opportunities to like multiply what we're doing anyways, to include good deeds. May Allah grant us tawfiq to do that. And finally, um, is to learn about intentions. And I'm gonna recommend a book here. I don't have it here though, that's, that's, that's an unfortunate thing. Because um, I don't think he has the book. Maybe he does, actually I didn't check. I didn't realize I was gonna reference it here. Uh, it's called The Book of Intentions. There's a PDF of it online. The Book of Intentions. Um, just put up the Book of Intentions PDF. You just Google it, and it should be there somewhere. And basically what the author did was, he basically goes through like the, a daily life of like your average Muslim, and takes every deed and says, what intentions can you make before that deed? Aisha, you remember that? I sent you something from there back when you asked about it. Right? Like everything. Like you go to work. We go to work every day. What, what intentions could you make every day before going to work? He highlights them. You eat food every day. What intentions could you make before that? You go to the masjid, what intentions could you make? You're about to take a shower, put some clothes on, what intentions can you make? It's incredible, like, the inten I, like I never thought about it. You're about to drink coffee, hey! That's what lies in the book. If you're going to drink coffee, what's your intention behind the coffee? It's not just a latte art, Taha. That's there too, right? Taha's better than me. But, it's, it's, there's intentions. There's intentions to be made. Before the subs chai, brother. Yeah, sir, there's intentions to be made there. May Allah give us tawfiq. That's a beautiful book. It's been translated into English now. 
and the authors try to go through each action. I, he's, he's covered some that I would have never thought, like, what, uh, what intentions would you, and like, he's included so many intentions between, before each. It's very beautiful. If you get a chance, check it out, the Book of Intentions. Insha'Allah ta'ala, Kitabun Niyat. I'll finish with one thing. Um, uh, I think it's Habib Al-Aidarus. Habib Sa'ad Al-Aidarus, I think that's what it is, something like that. Um, it's one of the Habayib from Yemen. Yeah. So, um, the last thing I want to finish with is how, when we talk about intention, the Quran speaks about like different types of intentions people make when it comes to good deeds, right? So the Quran will often speak about people who do good deeds seeking Jannah, right? يَبْتَغُونَ فَضْلًا مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَرِضْوَانًا They're seeking the pleasure of Allah, they're seeking, um, they'll talk about Run towards Jannah and, 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 and seek out Jannah in rewards. And so, should we intend those things? Right? Some people would say, well, isn't intention supposed to be for Allah? What about Jannah? The Quran will talk about, do this because you need to fear Allah, you don't want to be punished. Okay, so I'm going to do it to avoid punishment. Is that sincerity? Is that sincerity? Isn't it just Allah? Or can I also just be doing it because I don't want to be punished? You understand the question? So the ulama, Imam al-Ghazali, Imam al-Nawawi, they mentioned that the Qur'an mentions all different types of people. Because everybody is different in their approach. And ultimately, as long as it's not dunya, that it has something to do with the akhirah, or it has something to do with Allah alone, Himself, then that is sincerity. But, but they, they give names to it. They say that there are those who worship out of the desire for paradise. So they want to present worship to Allah and say, Allah, here's my worship, now you give me paradise and you give me rewards. The ulama say that that is the worship of merchants, of business people. Which is not a bad thing. Allah wants us, He tells us, you should desire Jannah and these things. But he's, the ulama say that's, that's the worship of business people. And then he said, there are those who say, well, I'm worshipping just so I don't get punished. I heard about what the punishment for that. If you don't do that, oh, I got to do that, man, because I don't want to get that punishment. He said, that's the worship of slaves who do everything out of fear of their master. It's a valid form. And for some people, that's what they need or that's what works for them. That's why the Quran takes different approaches. Right? Some of us might like, like oh, I like that. That helps me. It, it inspires me and motivates me. And for others, it's like, no, this motivates me way more. People are different, and the Qur'an speaks to different people. Because it's for everybody. And then there are those who say that we don't worship for the garden, we worship for the gardener. We don't worship for paradise. We don't worship for Jahannam. It's for Allah. Allah. We worship out of love. Out of love. And Jannah or no, Jahannam or no, it's for Allah. For everything He's done for us. And He said that is the worship of free people. People who are not pushed and motivated by anything else other than their own inherent love for Allah. That's a high level. It's a high level. Some people are like that. The question is, what kind of a person are you? What do you do? You, do you need that motivation? Do you does that the, descri the description of the of the of the rewards of Jannah? Does that inspire you? Then maybe that's what you should be listening to more or reading more about. Is, is punishment what really gets you on track? Well, maybe that's something you should study. And we need to study it all, to be honest. Or maybe, you know, 
we are people who worship Allah just out of Allah's love alone. Right? There are different ways, and these are all valid ways. Let us not put any way down. They're all valid ways because the Quran talks about them. So all of that would be considered sincere. Insincere is the moment the dunya comes in because the dunya does not even have the value of the wing of a mosquito in the sight of Allah Ta'ala. So that's not acceptable. Alright, inshallah. May Allah Ta'ala grant us tawfiq to realize that nobody can benefit us, nobody can harm us. No one's praise means anything and no one's blame means anything. Only Allah's judgment. Only God can judge me. Allah alone can judge us. And may He give us the reality of that in our hearts because that will free us from so much. From so, many, so much pressure and so much... Oh, unfortunate bending ourselves for other people to make them happy. We don't even end up living our own lives. We lived our, the lives of a thousand different people who lived vicariously through us. May Allah grant us to just be able to be, to live a life for Him alone. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. أينما تكونوا يأتي بكم الله جميعا إن الله على كل شيء قدير